0: All right, let's uh, let's <clears throat> let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you that you brought us here today, Lord. Uh, not unto us, not unto us, but your name be glory, God, today. Um, thank you for your word. Um, let it speak to us today. Um, let it shine in our lives. Um, guide us and direct us. Uh, we pray for Philip as he uh, brings the message in the later hour. Um, guide him. Direct us. Uh, Help us to honor you in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So it's good to be back in the greater Tyler area. I was in Dallas most of the week, Tuesday through Thursday, at a uh, continuing education conference in Addison. And Tuesday night, I think I was stuck in traffic on 635 for 45 minutes. And I went a half a mile so, yeah, it's great to be back in Tyler. You know, I hear people complain about Tyler traffic around rush hour, but no, that's not traffic. So it's good to be back in town. So I was, I was actually sitting in traffic one of those days, um, and it was uh, about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and I'm behind a car in front of me, and I see this bumper sticker. And it's like it's a rainbow bumper sticker. So I'm like, oh, here we go. So and I see I see the word I see the acronym. Gay. G A Y. And I was like, oh no. So and so and I couldn't really see it. Couldn't really see what it said, what the acronym said, so I kind of crept up and when I finally could see it, it said said, God accepts you. Gay. And I was like, oh, you know, started just, well, that's horrible, and that, that person is a bad person. And then I, I started thinking about it more, and not to judge, but to, I just, I started feeling bad. I felt sorry for them, you know, almost, because that's that's a bad place to be when... You're at a time in your life where you say, God accepts me for who I am, for no matter what, what I'm in my life, for no matter what sin I'm in, that's okay. God God accepts me. So I I I just felt bad and I felt kind of ashamed for just judging Yeah, I felt bad. So God God didn't like that. So but
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yes, 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 it will, in pregatory psalms, you know, um <laughs> but yes, anyways, <laughs> thank you, thank you always always need a pen i don't, I don't know what I was going to do without a pen, so but <clears throat> that 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 got the ball rolling in terms of my thought about you know where that worldview is coming from and and I just started thinking about it and I was like, "Huh, that that sentiment has been around since the garden." If you really think about it, Satan was in the garden talking to Eve, and he said, "You'll be like God if you eat this if you eat the fruit of this tree. You'll you'll know good and evil. You'll be like God. Um, God will accept you because you'll be like God if you do this." So, there's nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself, as we clearly see in the scriptures that there's nothing new, and things that go on at the beginning of time still go on today. So, I just just this has kind of been the springboard of thought for for the for where I want to go this morning, and um, I would say, in terms of God's acceptance of us, God calls us where we are, but accept us, accepts us for who He is because of what He Himself has done. Um, he, he constantly calls us to repent and believe, repent and believe, repent and believe, and that does not entail staying where we are. It's the progression of mortifying our sin and repentance and living a life acceptable in His sight. So, all that to say, He conforms us to His image, as Romans 8.29 says. I know know most everybody could probably quote Romans 8.28, but Romans 8.29 talks about that we're predestined to be conformed to His image through sanctification. So, all that to say, um, I want to delve into what is sanctification today. I know that's a big... Ten-point seminary word that, however, it is found in the scriptures. Um, sanctify, sanctified, uh, and we want to also look at how do we live sanctified lives, um, and how do we relate that that sanctified life to to the world, to non-Christians who who don't know what the word sanctify means. So, to begin with. Um, I remember back in junior high, I know some of you has probably done the the disciple now weekends. We did one at our church and kind of the theme the theme of the weekend was we're sanctified, we're set apart. And I remember learning the the meaning of sanctified is to be set apart. And that's that's stuck in my mind ever since I don't know, the 10, 15 years since since I learned that stuff. Um but until I started really preparing for this uh lesson, I didn't really I didn't really I guess grasp the whole the holistic uh view of it and, and what it's talking about. So I started digging around yesterday, <laughs> which is always good. Um and I just said, okay, well what is what is sanctified? What is what does it mean to be sanctified? Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines sanctified... Good morning. Good morning. Um, just uh, We're not in any particular scripture right now. I'm just kind of... We're going to be... Well, this is an aside, but we're going to be hopping around quite a bit today. So make sure you have your Bible ready. So just, uh, just giving you a fair warning because I feel that um, scripture is the best interpretation for scripture. And if we say we believe the Bible, then we should go to it. So, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot coming from him. There's going to be a lot coming from here today. So, so Merriam-Webster defines sanctified as to be set apart to a sacred purpose, alternatively uh, to free from sin. Okay, so I said, that. That's I can see where it's going. So, I pulled out my... 10-pound Strong's Concordance, which is, the word is Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, and it is very exhaustive because it's like huge. Anyways, uh, I, looked, I looked it up there, and Strong's, uh, the definition there was to make holy, purify, or consecrate. And so I was like, okay, I can, I can see that better. In Greek, the word... The word um, for sanctify there is, comes from the root hagios, which, if you look in like most of the New Testament, the word describing God as being holy, uh, specifically like Revelation 4, where the, the beasts were crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hagios, hagios, hagios. And that's the same word that the New Testament has for being sanctified. It's uh, to be sanctified. The verb is hagiadzo. We see that in John 17 where in Christ's high priestly prayer where he's talking about sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. So the same word for being holy as God is holy is the word for God bringing us along and conforming us to His image. So that was... That was kind of an aha moment for me because, yeah, I've always known. Yeah, we're set apart, but what are we set apart to? What are we set apart from? We're set apart to holiness. We're set apart to God in His character and in His image, as He is holy. So we see this this idea of being uh, purified, this purification. Um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter six. Verses 9-11. through Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. As such, were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, set apart to be holy, as God is holy. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. So we see, we see this um, this great dichotomy of we were over here, but He has set us apart to be over here through through His sanctification. So it's it's a process um you know we we in the christian experience we we say that justification is more or less an event whereas sanctification we see as a process it's um we'll, we'll delve into it a little more but it's more everyday. it's more progressing to the goal of christ and god's uh holiness um Turn over to First Thessalonians chapter five, verses twenty-three and twenty-four. We also see that this is a, um, a holistic process of purification. Verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. So we see this, this holistic idea. It's not just, oh, we did this once and... Boom, we're in. But it's it's our mind, our soul, <clears throat> our um, spirit. It, it's it's our whole experience. And we also see, talk about, he who calls you is faithful. It's 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 a gracious gift. You know, it's we we can't do it on our own. But it's God who brings us through it. Um, it's all him. There's he he brings us to that. To his holiness, um, holistically, and through his uh, gracious gift. So, like I said, we see the purification. Um, we also see that it's it's kind of a it's a gritty process. It's a dirty process, if you will, because it's. It's constantly putting to death our, our flesh and constantly looking to Christ as we progress more in His Word. Turn over to uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Excuse me, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So, with fear and trembling, what, what's that? What, um, aren't we supposed to always be, be sure of everything? You know, once we made a profession in 1947 at Crusade, um, we're in we got it, isn't that the way it works? <laughs> no as we uh, we learned a few weeks ago with philip there's there's going to be doubt there's going to be this chewing and and personal struggle and and I would say that's it's not always a bad thing that that lets us know that that God loves us and we're we're struggling with with the constant sin that's there, and that it's um it's a fearful thing to to wrestle with sin and to continually be conformed to his image, so that's kind of the uh just the flushing out of sanctification and and scriptures backing it up and and how the general characteristics of it secondly um, so once now that we've established what it is and and how um, what it looks like, how do we live set apart lives? That's I think that's the million dollar question. It's uh, you know how do we do this? We 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 believe the Bible. We believe what it says. So what do we? How does that bear itself out? Um, in, in life, I, like I said before, I think it's a gritty, violent process. Um, in Matthew 16, you know, Christ says, Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And so it's, it's a dying to yourself every day, um, working towards Him. And it's not the working, but it's, it's Him who holds us and keeps us in that. Um, and other other areas, and uh, Colossians says, "Put to death the members that are like the laundry list that we looked at in First Corinthians." That put to death those. Um, Romans eight says, uh, "Put to death the deeds of the flesh." So, so it's this this idea of, of struggle and conflict and 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 pain and and because. It, as uh, I think we're really spoiled by the American experience, um, we don't have a lot of the struggles that people overseas do. I know many of you have traveled overseas and done mission work, and and you all have seen firsthand that um, we should be greatly um, thankful for living in America because it's... Um, It's not it, it's especially in other political climates it's it's a struggle to live for Christ, and when you're constantly being um, persecuted um, it's it's hard. so I think we should uh, be thankful that we live in America and that we can worship him openly uh, and as such, we should. Um, Ephesians five chapter 15. Verses 15 through 21 um, gives us a little bit of instruction on how to walk, also. I would sum it up by saying, Don't be fools. (laughs) Ephesians 5 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Um, I think we, we went over these in the uh, last year during our Friday night time, the walking kind of through Ephesians. And that's that's a great um, summary of, of walking. Don't be a fool. <laughs> Redeem the time. Um, love one another. That's that's the main theme of of the gospel as as God says in Matthew twenty two you know what are the greatest commandments? Love God, love Lord your God, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, turn over to First Thessalonians, chapter four, verses nine through twelve. We're on this. We're kind of on the the sub theme of uh, of kind of everyday living and how to walk. First Thessalonians four. 9-12. through 12. <clears throat> But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are on Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. So we see this, this idea of walking together in love and in fulfilling the greatest commandment is loving God and loving each other. Um, not only that, but we, we grow in that love for one another. We, we grow together in meeting together and reading the word and praying. Um, like I said it's a it's a holistic purification, you know, together. We live in Christ collectively, although we come to Christ individually. Um, it's it's a team effort. And secondly, he talks about here leading a quiet life. What what does that mean? Anybody? What what would what would you characterize leading a quiet life? Control, discipline, not being in order. Not being con- good, good, yeah. That's hard for me. <laughs> yeah, as many of y'all know, I'm I'm not a um, I'm not a quiet person. <laughs> I'm uh, sometimes no, not most of the time. I I speak before I think. So, yes.
2: I, I Mm-hmm. More, more preserved. More, you, you have your priorities in order.
0: I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, like not being a busybody. Not there. There's there's grace and there's there's merit in just leading your life. Um, How does
3: that balance then? With that, we're supposed to be salt and light in the culture. And if if it's mind your own business. Out, I mean, you, you talk about responding to the bumper sticker you saw. That's a reaction you have because you know that that's a false premise. How how then do you not create controversy when you speak out on something like that? How does that how is that consistent with a quiet life?
0: <laughs> that's a great question. And,
3: that, and that's not just to you.
0: That's no, to I I think. <clears throat> well, first of all, I think that. In terms of, of, of not speaking out, there, there's, there's, a, there's a balance there, because it also talks about, um, I think we should make a, make a stand for the truth, first of all. If, if there's something that's, that's blatant, and we'll get to this in a little bit, in terms of how we relate to the world, um, there's a way that we can balance not compromising the truth of God with being, you know, not being uproarious, not being um, contentious um, in terms of. I'm sorry? Bible thumbers. Bible thumbers. Yeah, and not, not being. I think there's a lot to say about how we can deliver the hard truth of the gospel. Um, I remember. Not to
2: riot when we
0: don't get our way. Not to riot when we don't get our way? What? Come on now.
1: Will not inherit the kingdom, will not be saved or whatever, but you were like this before. Mm. Leaving that type of life is not necessarily what you would call quiet and peaceful life, because I, I see that contrast not to say that you don't do one thing or you don't speak out against what's right or what's wrong, speak the truth into that, but in a sense of that you have good standing with everyone and not be a drunkard and not have 20 affairs with everyone, so that that's just not a quiet life. You're involved
0: everywhere. That's a good point. Um, and I think also um, being above reproach. Uh, I, saw, I saw Chelsea's hand.
4: Saying, um, tell you know, speaking truth or being sharp and saying that's wrong. You know, we don't we don't have to walk <coughs> the line of being harshly judgmental or being a pansy and never saying the truth. Well, know, yeah, what's good for you is good for you, but what's good for me is you know what's good for me. No, right. we can't waver. But our life is the contrast, and that's the. Well, it's not, not that you can't just speak out in truth and call someone out on their sin, but the, one of the greatest avenues is by living that life where people want to know
5: what, what's the deal with you. Mm.
0: Right, the, the contrast. Chris? I
5: don't think it's a, a cut-and-dry, cut-and-clean answer. Uh, I, I like it. scriptures like uh, uh, Philippians 1.8 where, where Paul is uh, praying to the Philippians and he says that I, uh, my prayer for you is that your love will abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment. Um, you look at Psalms 1 that says, Blessed is the man that meditates on the word day and night. Mm. He's like a tree plant makes to streams of flowing. So we, you have the word in us, but yet Paul wants us to grow with discernment. And so now you have a passage in 1 Thessalonians where it says, Live a quiet life, work with your hands. I, I love that verse because... Uh, it just helps me stay, like, keep my head down and stay steady with what mm. I'm doing. But you know, to Kevin's point, you know, what do you do when there is injustice? You know, and so I, I don't think it's a real clear answer. I think that prayer, word, and the sermon go into every specific instance. Like, I don't think that we can go, oh, this instance and all like it. You know, we have to do X. <laughs> right. I, I think that there's. You know, you look at in First Corinthians where it says we are in charge of um, planting the seed and watering it, but the Lord does the growth. <clears throat> so um, I say all that to say I think it's I think that there has to be a lot of discernment, a lot of prayer, and a lot of wisdom that goes into
0: it. Agreed, definitely.
5: And that comes into the whole. I- I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Oh. No, I want to be quiet. <laughs> um, that was- that comes into the whole idea that you started out with what is holiness, Mm -hmm. what is sanctification it's the same word that's used of the nature of God and throughout the whole Bible the call of the gospel, the call of God is be holy as I am holy Mm. how I get you there, I'm going to have to do the justification work, the salvation work but then there's the process of growing in grace growing in Jesus, loving him more, trusting him more and to trust someone you don't know is a fallacy. So it starts with know what the will of the Lord is, which is what we saw in, in, um, in Ephesians. And, and knowing what the Word says. Who is this Jesus that we're supposed to trust? Mm. And then patterning our, our nature and our lives, striving toward, working hard toward, looking like Him. And in that comes knowledge. What are the data points? You know, Who is He? understanding what would he have me do and then mm. wisdom applying that in our situation. The, the quietness comes into the fact, I think, if you speak out on these things, it's not going to be quiet.
0: <laughs> right.
3: But, that, but that's chaos responding to the quiet, set, uh, constant nature of God working mm-hmm. in a chaotic situation. Mm-hmm. The culture's chaos. And when you speak... Uh, order and 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 rightness and goodness into that, it's going to cause an uproar. But it's not like we participate in that. We don't start chanting, and we don't start you know throwing rocks at buildings and stuff like that. And people, um, we just are solid with this is the truth, and 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 there's grace. Come to Jesus. Mm. That that's yeah. That's the quietness about it. But the result of that may be tumultuous. Jesus said, "I didn't come sure. to a peace, but a sword." Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that we're wielding a sword, but that's what's coming in response to just a quiet declaration of what's
0: truth. Mm. And we're, we're image bearers, like you said. We, we bear that image. And uh, it's such in stark contrast to, to the culture and to the world. Uh, I, I remember last year, just around this time, when, when we were still meeting on Sunday night, we were, talking, we were going through what is the gospel and how we do the gospel. I remember Philip said, uh, you know, the gospel is offensive enough. We shouldn't make it more so in the way we relate. So it's it's the outworking of of us as his image bearers and you know, how do we relate in terms of Christ and to that offensive match. I saw your hand.
6: the word mm. and it's saying wisdom is loud and so it's not
0: bad to be loud whenever you're speaking it's not <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't help myself
1: if paul tells us if paul encourages us to be like christ and he says imitate me also and going off of what kevin said if if jesus he saw us to live a quiet life he wouldn't tell us to do something that christ that would not be christ's life so I think we have to say that Christ's life followed this application mm-hmm. and he was flipping tables he was doing all kinds of things And you, you're going to say that that's not following this what Paul's instructing so that saying say quiet life doesn't mean don't speak out it doesn't mean don't travel the world and preach the gospel or whatever go die for the gospel it doesn't mean just to sit in your job and twiddling your fingers and not do anything Right. That's what we tend to think about. That I'll have my own life and housing a dog.
0: That's my quiet life. Right. I think there's a good balance there. I mean, on the one sense, there's, you're not any more awesome if you're going abroad being a missionary. You know, God calls us to different things. Maybe you're glorifying Him in your desk job with your dog and your house and your wife and whatever. But, um, but yeah, that, that doesn't mean we should just be in our little bubble and not, not respond. I'm sorry.
3: I said not necessarily in that or the dog house in the
0: doghouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes,
5: yes. Tammy. Oh um, like well, uh,
0: Tammy. I was just
6: going to say <laughs> <laughs> that um, I, I don't think this has anything to do with whether we speak out or not. I think it has to do with whether our lives are ruled by chaos. Which is the pattern of anything when we're ruled by sin when we're ruled by sin we're hiding it we're we're trying to be deceitful we're trying to do all the things you have to do to keep sin going in your life and we're ruled by chaos when we're ruled by christ we're ruled by peace which Mm. is ultimately a quiet life it doesn't mean that we're not involved in our community he says to work with your hands well if you're working with your hands you're working in your community you're being involved in your community you're being productive you're supporting yourself you're doing the things that he calls you to do to be a responsible respectable person so that too then there's nothing that somebody's going to say against your character when you say I believe in Christ Then they say well you're you know on welfare and you're able bodied Why are you, I mean, that's just an example Mm -hmm. of saying that's a reproach to us if we live in a way that's not respectable and productive in our community, and if we live in a way where we're, where our lives are ruled by chaos and the next circumstance that comes into our life just throws us completely into a whirlwind of activity. I -hmm. I don't know. That's That's not productive. Um. You know. I, I I think I think whenever you're not resting in Christ to be your peace, then when things don't go your way, you're not gonna be quiet and mm. able to respond in a um non sinful way,
0: if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, if we're not grounded in his truth, then anything goes in terms of the chaos part. Um and like also, I was thinking about, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. I know that's incredibly cliche, but that's what the Bible says, you know, um, in terms of not just being in our little bubble. Grant, you raised your hand, too. I wasn't going to
2: say anything new. I was <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was thinking about it. I was going to say okay. the same thing everybody else said. Okay, so
0: let's move on. <laughs> uh, I think we've... Fleshed out that and point not for something completely different. <laughs> so um, just just kind of as a we've kind of already talked about this a little bit. so how do we relate to the world? how do we relate to non-christians? um you know the the last verse there in verse twelve it says that you may walk properly toward those who are outside that you may lack nothing. so um, I'm assuming he's talking about those who are outside of the faith, you know that we should we should live a life that's not questionable to them that that they can be they can see us and and question us and see this this marked difference between their lives and our lives. Um, I think let me see. This might be our this is one of this this will be one of our last scripture references. <laughs> Turn over to pay, uh, to First Peter chapter three and uh, the verses 15 through 17. And the big theme here is. That that I wrote down is humility, um, in terms of how we relate to the world. First Peter chapter three. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it's better if <clears throat> if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So not only do we see that we need to always be ready to give a defense for our faith um, to the world, but that our doing that, our, our living circumspect lives are are pushing forward to his holiness, that will that will just um, stand in the face of the world. That they'll they'll see you as an evildoer. That, you know, doing your living your life according to the Bible is um, is not the right thing. You know we don't we haven't seen it historically a lot in terms of persecution and stuff, but I think in our lifetime we could see this in America. I know that's a scary thought, but um, truth is relative today. Two plus two can equal five. Um, you know, the gender roles are, are constantly being challenged. Look at the city of Houston and their bathroom laws, whatever. Uh, marriage can be between a man and a man. The Supreme Court, I saw, I saw an article this week they're going to look at a case um, defining marriage and what marriage is before the Supreme Court. Um, so where does it end? Where, where, does, where, where does this end? Um, I don't know. Um, it's a sobering thought, but for now, I believe the Christian life is, is one of meekness, patience, long-suffering, and self-sacrifice. It's difficult. It screams in the face against our flesh and the world, but this shows our need of Christ and to be set apart to Him all the more. Um, so to 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 wrap it up and put a bow on it, um, turn over to Matthew chapter twenty-three. This will be our last scripture. Matthew chapter twenty-three, verses one through twelve. Um, and as I was preparing for this, I heard um, a sermon from John Snyder and. He put it very succinctly um, in terms of sanctification and what we're talking about this morning. He said, we live life separated not to a list of do's and don'ts, but to a person by His work, Christ's, and the Holy Spirit's work in us. So Matthew chapter 23, and this, this really kind of put it all together for me. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, and do not do according to their works. For they say, And do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men... They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. We see this idea of humility. We see that it's not a calling of do this, don't do that. Go here, don't go there. Go to church every Sunday, Wednesday. Be the janitor at the church. You know you're you're awesome. It's we live a life set apart to Christ. We don't we don't be called a teacher. Christ is our teacher. Uh, we're a servant of Him. So do we live our lives set apart to His holiness? Is there a clear mark between us and the world around us? Do we have a sincere devi- desire for the world around us to be saved? Do we love them enough? Parting thoughts. Questions, comments, concerns?
2: Um, I know sanctification is a big, broad topic. One thing we didn't really talk about, which I think is, is at least worth mentioning, it could be a whole other day, But is love. Uh, we're going through the book of 1 John on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And the theme of that book is to love one another mm-hmm. as Christ loved us. And that book, I think, defines sanctification... In the term of how we, how selfless we are, and how loving we are to other people, and um, I think that's a, an excellent way to judge ourselves and to kind of have the, the benchmark of sanctification. Is you know, am I being selfless and, and putting other people before me? And,
0: so. Right, definitely, and and we touched briefly on it about in the Matthew chap- um passage about. You know the greatest commandment, loving God, and then loving other people, um, and and like he says in First John and other places that that that's an evidence you'll know them by the love they have for the brethren, and so that's that's a great point. That that's a big part of it is loving each other in Christ and moving forward together.
3: Another thing that impresses, and I'll be Another thing that impresses me about all of this is that how interrelated. About loving one another. Another theme that's been running through all the passages you, you or a lot of the passages that you've read, is thankfulness. Mm. There's a contentment that we're called to. If I'm content with what God has given me where has placed me, I'm going to be peaceable. I'm not going to be striving for the next big thing. I'm not going to be uh, Trying to puff myself up to make myself look better in front of somebody else because I'm thankful to God for where He's placed me, and that causes out of that a humility. It causes a peaceable, quiet life. Mm. Um. Anyway, it, it's you know, everything's interrelated. Sure, it's one, it's one fruit. You know, the
0: spirit. it's all connected. Definitely, so. and our whole lives, like you, you continue to say, is our whole lives are temple work. It's we don't put it on a shelf here and do you know, go to work, you know, mutually exclusive of, of our, our relationship with Christ. It's all it's all Christ. Yes sir? I was just thinking of the story of the Good
1: Samaritan. What, uh, are you gonna live a life that you won't be able to be a good Samaritan when it's called to or are you gonna be readily available so, so when God says, I need you to do this he'll
0: Definitely, definitely. And yeah, and that's the the part of ourselves that, that because we're in, in Christ and we're in His love and we're seeking His holiness, do we reach out to people when they're in need? Um, physically, um, spiritually, definitely. And especially those who who, you know, Jesus said, love your enemy. And that was the Samaritans, what? So yeah, the, the, the big theme again is the love uh, factor.
1: What occurs to me regarding sanctification, um, in my life, I've never experienced really easy sanctification. Has anybody here raised <laughs> a hand
3: if sanctification's
1: ever been easy?
6: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we It's
1: it in the song that we sang last week. I wish Chris was still here because he could have told, told me which was but Proverbs 25, verse 4 Take away the dross from the silver and the smith as material for a vessel. Take
0: away the wicked from the presence of the king. Uh, verse 5 Take away the wicked from the presence of the king and his throne will be established in righteousness. Um,
1: when God sanctifies us to make us dependent on him and only him and contempt and
0: satisfied in Christ, it's a painful mm. it's a fire required.
2: Yeah.
4: good
1: um process as a sanctifying process
0: mhm i think of the analogy of um of fire you know is as as fire sharpens iron sharpens iron um that it's not an easy thing it's it's tough it's like i said it's uh perpetually a battle that that's and I think it's also a proof that we know that we're in Christ if we're battling with this stuff, you know, if we're constantly mortifying the flesh and if we're constantly struggling with it, and you know we we see that he loves he chastens whom he loves too, and that's a different topic, but it's it's along the same lines though well. We're almost there. Let me uh, close this in a word of prayer. Thank you again for being here, um, and we'll be dismissed. Thank you, God, that we have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ the righteous, and that you're continuing to conform us to your image, to the image of your Son, uh, through uh, the mighty power which you worked in us. The same power that you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father, God, thank you for that. Um, help us to keep that in our in our sights as we live our lives, as we continue to chew on uh, this this daily battle with our flesh. God, um, continue to sanctify us by your truth. Um, help us to apply your truth, your Word, every day. Um, help it to be precious to us keep us in it Uh, keep us in your word guide us through it help us to lead quiet lives but not to lay down when when truth is being questioned help us to stand for your truth in a quiet way that honors you and lets others see you through us Uh, bless us today guide us as we go through the work today Help Philip and the other worship leaders um, to proclaim your word in a clear way that we can know you more fully. Guide us and direct us in Christ's name we pray. Amen.